everyone. Welcome to Wii Universe, the podcast where we're playing through every Wii U game in a random order. And are you ready for some funky farming? Yes. I've been waiting all day for funky farming night. I am funky farming Hall of Famer Woody Siskowski. And I am milk collector Steve Guntley. Yes, and our cover athlete this week <laughs> is Calvin Johnson on the front of... Wait, what game did we play? Oh, we had a whoopsie. We had one of our signature Wii Universe whoopsies. <laughs> uh, you know, you know those. TM, TM, TM. Yeah. Take uh, a drink whenever Wii Universe has a whoopsie. So here's our situation. Uh, this People week, will be fascinated to hear. This this week has been a bit of a uh, time scheduling crunch for all of us. We've been kind of like, uh, uh, we, we've got stuff going on. we got lives, you know. Uh, contrary to the fact that we have a Wii U podcast, <laughs> we do have lives. Uh, and so we were planning to kind of cram in a recording of Madden NFL 13 mm -hmm. a little bit today before Woody has to go to work, and then we were going to have it out this weekend to coincide with the Super Bowl. But uh, the disc had different plans. It turned out somebody really loved that Madden there, 13 there disc for the Wii U. There is a certain thread, perhaps, and I am not going to rely on any kinds of stereotypes, but no. so far the discs that have not worked for us have been Madden 13 and Cabela's Dangerous Hunts. Weird. So you do the math, listeners. Yeah, d don't know why. Don't know why what's going on there, but uh, either way... Our Madden game didn't work, and we only discovered that as we were getting ready to record, and we have nothing else for this week, so, so we, we do what any any sane podcasters would do, and... Uh, we played Funky Barn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the, we reach for... All right, what is the closest approximation of the Madden experience, and it's clearly... Funky bar. And they actually do this on uh, uh, the New York Times, the Daily, quite a bit. Like if they run out or if like the story doesn't come together quite like they want, they play Funky Barn. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's a time-honored tradition at this point. So so here's what we're doing. We are going in cold to a game with the silliest possible name. The one like normally I really like to do a lot of research. I kind of prepare for a couple of days in advance and make sure I know all the ins and outs of the game as much as I can. Uh, in this case, we just grabbed the, the goofiest-looking game off of the shelf. We said, we're going to go in cold. We're going to see what we can do with it. And that's what we're doing today yep. with Funky Bar. I mean, look, you don't have to do research, Steve. Like, no. it really says it all within the title. There's a barn. There's a barn, and it's funky. Like, it's uh, clearly funky. featuring Sly and the Family Stone hanging out <laughs> in the barn, singing everyday people. That'd be amazing, actually. <laughs> Occasionally, Earth, Wind, and Fire drops by, yeah, you know, I, to remind you well, that only, you are only a shining in, star. Only in September do Earth, Wind, only and in Fire. Only in September. That's the seasons go by, it's and then true. in the fall, Earth, Wind, and Fire shows up. That would up. actually be amazing. <laughs> and then what, what would, uh, when would Parliament show up? When does Parliament, Parliament convene? Parliament Funkadelic? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Our, our funk knowledge is... They'll uh, bring their flashlight. So, I mean, I guess we have to grade this on two scales. Sure. Like, you have to grade the farming. Yeah. Like, the farming mechanics, and you have to grade sort of the funkiness. Yeah, general like, funkitude. In, in, so, it'll be like, there's a tier of funky things. Like, maybe at the top is, like... Bootsy Collins. Bootsy Collins. Um, yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire, the oft-mentioned funk juggernauts. Mm -hmm. And then, like, under them might be, like, Funky Kong. Sure, he's pretty funky. Yeah, and yeah. so then the question is: This more or less funky than Funky Winkerbean? Well, so. here's the thing about Funky <laughs> Winkerbean, and uh, of course, I don't mind going on this tangent for this episode, but 
uh, you know, I, I used to read comic strips every day. Yep. I think I stopped when Calvin and Hobbes stopped running, just okay. because they're, why? What's the point of going on <laughs> sure. beyond that? But uh, anytime Funky Winkerbean would show up, I was always so confused because that comic strip is about everybody except Funky Winkerbean. I do not know who or what Funky Winkerbean is, because it's always about some other superfluous characters in his orbit. I yeah. don't know if I just always miss it or if he was just kind of phased so out. So I requested that our library order from a different library the first collected volume of Funky Winkerbean. So that's mm -hmm. your tax dollars at work, people, there it bringing is. me Funky <laughs> Winkerbean strips um, <laughs> way back from like the 70s. And in that those strips, like Funky Winkerbean is a college student, mm. you know, constantly trying to get laid or like protesting Vietnam. And so sure. like that is the premise. And then I think sometime down the line, as the creator got older, probably around the time we started reading comic strips, there was like this huge time jump yeah. with the characters where everyone got old. And then he decided probably that Funky Winkerbean wasn't the character he related to anymore. Like, he related so to, like, weird. the olds. And so that's why, you know, he had to keep the name because, you know, it's a great name. It's a great name. Um, it's it's very evocative. It's like Tank McNamara, you yeah, know? Like, yeah, exactly. You want to know more about this guy. I mean, All I know is that Simpsons episode where, like, the Funky Winkerbean Floyd comes by and Marge yells, Hey, Funky! <laughs> was the first time I ever even had an idea of what this character looks like. Sure. And also... uh Kind of notorious for just, like, the quantity of strips that are just people crying in a hotel room, like, <laughs> after their wife has died or something, oh, and you're right. like, these are not that funky. Yeah. So, I'm saying They're... it's a low bar of funkiness yeah. set by Winkerbean, and... We'll see if Funky Farm can uh, yeah, we'll, one we'll, up that a little bit. We'll see if we can get there. Before we get started with that, uh, what else are you playing right now? Do you have oh, anything else going besides, on? Besides Funky Farm, you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, funky Barn. Funky Barn. Me. The whole farm oh. isn't funky, just the barn. That's where the funk happens. I've been calling it Funky Farm this whole time because, really, it should be called Funky Farm. I think it should be called Funky Ranch. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just because, I mean, that's alliterative. Yeah. Uh, what have I been playing? Maybe, oh, the new, uh, I, I bring this up every time it happens, but the new Magic the Gathering expansion came out hey. on, uh, Magic the Gathering Arena mm -hmm. online, and so I'm gonna start cramming some of that in. This, this one is like a future cyborg cyberpunk Asian thing, mm. which is pretty cool. Like, Magic has never sort of been set with a sci-fi future aesthetic. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm excited for this set. My limited understanding of Magic the Gathering is that it's mostly swords and wizards and things that you can craft out of pewter and crystal. Yes, yeah. you're, you're totally right. It, they, they branched out into like, you know, steampunk with like goggles on people's heads and lots of gears. Yeah, okay. Um, but now they're now they're taking it even farther. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, they're, the gears are getting smaller and faster. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, more electrically My, micro Microchips in there. Cool. Um, I have been playing some Mortal Kombat, which sure. we'll talk about on our Patreon next week. I just finished playing the story mode of the Mortal Kombat 2011, a.k.a. Mortal Kombat 9. Mm -hmm. uh, finished the story mode on that. It's pretty friggin' great. Yeah. It's, it's kind that of awesome. Rules. That game uh, gets to somehow be a sequel, a remake, and a reboot of Mortal Kombat all at once. Yep. And for the first time in the series, like this game, these games are like, Freaking gorgeous. They look amazing now. So I'm very excited that we're going to be talking about this phase of Mortal Kombat. Yep. 
I have also started playing my very first Dragon Quest game. Ooh. Uh, and I started very randomly with the one that I have, mm-hmm. which was Dragon Quest Seven for the 3DS. I am three hours into it. I have not fought a battle yet. Wow. It is taken a long time to get I going. I think that game is infamous yeah. for having a tremendously long grind. Okay. So just like, I mean... Even by the standards of Dragon Quest, okay. so just be aware. So, am I starting in the with the wrong game? You I might guess. be. All you right. might be starting with one of the lesser Dragon Quests. I might recommend uh, Eleven for the Switch. Okay. Or um, Eight for the for the three DS. Okay. All right. Because um, the Seven was originally a. I'm gonna guess a PS One game. Correct. Okay. A PS One game. So it has. There's. I don't know. For all of like the seminal RPGs that came out during PS1 era, there's mm-hmm. a lot that have not aged very There well. are not many that you want to go back and replay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they some of them really get caught up in the grind, and I think the end of that... I think they even shortened some of the more grindy aspects for the 3DS re-release. Okay. And if that's, you know, if that's what you're in for, you're like, yes, I want this... 100 hour RPG or whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the way to go. But I think that 11 and 7 are sort of the more highly regarded ones. Okay. Well, 7's one I'm on. So there we go. Oh, 8. Yeah. I'm sorry. Eight. Oh, 8. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. No, the, Never mind. the PS2 one. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, I'm, I'm, I am like weirdly liking it. Yeah. Cons- even though like it's, it's slow to get started. Yeah. But I'm like, this is pretty. I like this world. Uh, I, I like my little character and I, I, I like what they're setting up. Like I'm gather, gathering all these fragments to like transport me into other worlds and nice. stuff. And I don't know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to like getting into some combat and getting into some of the grindy elements of yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, all those, we're dragon, doing a lot of table setting right now. Yeah. All those dragon quest games, like they do kind I mean, they're all pretty rudimentary and they're all kind of tedious just yeah. by design. Um, and so you really can't go wrong if that's what you're in the mood for. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Well, cool. I'm, I'm excited to get into that a little further. Well, speaking of <laughs> Let's tedious talk. and grindy. Yeah. Funky Barn. Funky Barn. This is the only research I did on this, but Funky this Barn. research was all done during the time in which one of us was playing the other, the game. Yeah, exactly. And then the we other gotta, person would research on their. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, Funky Barn was released November 30th, 2012. Not quite a uh, launch game, but like two weeks out. Sure. So, you know, one of those. It was developed by Tantalus and published by 505 Games, and this was also released on the 3DS. Uh, you kind of dug into Tantalus a little bit and found we've been talking about them a lot. because Yeah, they, surprisingly. And they've done some, like, pretty good games on the Wii U so far. They yeah. did uh, the Mass Effect 3. They did Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one? There was uh, one they we, did Twilight Princess Twilight HD, Princess. which is a big deal. Pretty, um, pretty decent game, that one. Yeah. And... What what it really seems like, I mean, they started from pretty humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, this is something that always fascinates me, is Wikipedia pages that seem to have been written by, like, the founder of the company or something. Those are great, as are IMDB, like, bios that were clearly written by the person. Sure. Those are so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because this is, I mean, for sort of the, some of the higher profile games that this studio has worked on, this is not a big name studio, but their Wikipedia page really goes in depth in terms of like which member of the co- which employee of the company invented the graphics engine when there was stock sales to other like big companies. And you're like, yeah. I don't really need to know this, but they seem to get their start in. Um, they did a lot of ports. Um, they ported the Area 51 and House of the Dead games to uh, PS1 and Saturn. And then they started doing a lot of uh, 
they have like a decent amount of ATV games, some yeah. random licensed games, horse riding games, which the Wikipedia made sure to dictate that Pony Adventure or something like that is the top selling single platform game in Australia. Crazy. I can't Crazy. imagine is still true. Elliot and BT, we're calling you out. Why are why is there so many horse riding games? Uh, why are they so popular? It, I, I mean, it's also just very... That was an only DS game, and I mm. think it's fairly rare now that a game is a single-platform game, like just developed that, for a single-platform Horse riding games are a very interesting phenomenon that I feel like have not really taken off here. There's got to be a horse riding game for the Wii U, right? Are we I don't get think there? so. I don't oh, think so. Uh, not, maybe there was a, DL, uh, a downloadable one, but there isn't a physical disc. But like, I remember in Japan, I, I found an arcade machine with a rideable horse, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like a derby game. Oh, and you fun. basically, That's cool. you're, you're basically like frantically like pelvic thrusting this, okay. the back of this horse's head, oh, like as fast horse. as you can, like to try and get like ahead with it. And I'm just like, Oh man, I feel really stupid playing this game, but it's pretty fun. I wonder like, this is never mind. I'm not even going to go down that. Yeah. 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 But, um, <laughs> and, but anyway, uh, so Tantalus, like they seem to kind of get, adapted by Nintendo as like these people seem competent in their work with the Wii U, maybe demonstrated by Funky Barn. Yeah. Um, and so they got appointed to do a lot of these ports. Um, yeah, like, you know, Mass Effect 3, Deus Ex, and then, you know, Nintendo started putting them on some of the bigger games. So like their most recent game was the Skyward Sword HD for Switch, which which was a big, we, we're both, big deal. I don't think either of us are big fans of Skyward Sword, but like Nintendo's going to put sort of they're going to put an A team on that. So good good for Tantalus for and sort also of building like, up a reputation. As much as I keep bad mouthing Skyward Sword, I do keep getting drawn to that port. Like I'm like, all right, maybe yeah. th- maybe, maybe Switch is now. the way to play it. You're like maybe now I don't have to use the motion controls. Maybe, and but I think. But I'm also really reluctant to spend more money on this game because like, yes. I've tried and failed to play this game so many times. Your local library may have a copy. Okay, I don't know. all right, I'll all right. Double check. That but might be the way to go then. Yeah. It's, I think also another addition is I think it'll last allows you to skip some of the initial cutscenes, Oh, Christ. Which that would is really be, would make all the difference. That would make all the difference for me. Yeah. Like, because I've seen these more than I want to see them. Yeah. I'd like to move on. I understand. It's a city in the sky. Let's go. Yeah, they, they need to build in a fast-forward functionality here. Yeah. So. But, I mean, you you mentioned that, like, they wanted to bring in the A-team to kind of work on these, these ports. And uh, for you, wanted people who really understood the Wii U. And I think it is worth noting, Funky Barn probably uses the gamepad more than any other game we've played so far like yes. this is the one that ev- it is absolutely required to use the gamepad yep. to play anything. and with dual screen functionality like yeah this, this for better or worse i would say mostly for worse um this game doesn't have the ability to play it only on the gamepad like, no you're always looking back and forth between the gamepad and the tv um which I mean, you know, we we're gonna give kudos to games that make an attempt to make the Wii U like be exclusive to the Wii U and use those features. Yeah, this and, this can't. I mean, no, oh, this this exists on the 3DS, right, but, but like that's you do very need much that the same. You thing. need that two screen dynamic to kind of make it work. Yeah. yeah, and I think it might. I don't know. Like, I don't think anything here is screaming for uh, a, a high res HD TV screen. You right. know, so like maybe 3DS is the better way to play it because. This is a farming simulator, mm-hmm. and as you pointed out while we were playing, like farming simulators are kind of best when you can play them idly while something else is going on, yes. like watching a movie, watching a TV, listening to some music or something. Mm-hmm. But like 
that's kind of the reason why one of the biggest entries in the genre was Farmville, which was a Facebook game that people would kind of play idly while they were supposed to be getting other work done. You know, that's kind of the that was kind of the gimmick there. Yeah. Because this isn't something that requires a lot of intense focus. It's a lot of micromanaging and it's a yeah. lot of maintenance, which is an incredibly soothing thing in a game sometimes but it's not the most dynamic thing that you really want to focus 100% of your attention on. Right, though I do think that this game, as your farm gets more and more complicated, there is a decent amount of like, oh, you always have something to do yeah. um, to sort of keep things going, which which I appreciate. Like, I think this game has a nice sort of ratchet up of complexity and speed. Like, the beginning yeah. is very slow because they're like, okay, you have one chicken, now pet it a bunch. Yeah. And then, like, we will slowly introduce you to new mechanics. But, um, I will you know, just about 20 minutes in, you start getting a decent amount of stuff to do. So let's start by evaluating, first and foremost, uh, just how funky is this? Uh, I'm going to have to say not very. I know. I think it it falls... pains me to say it. When you're opening your game Funky Barn with, like, a banjo riff, like, I, I, I think you're missing, you know, I, I get that, like, like funky has multiple funky meanings here. It's a funky banjo riff. I mean, as far as banjo riffs sure. go, yeah. I mean, there is a guy with like a gigantic afro and star-shaped sunglasses playing this banjo, but no, it's not true. Uh, but I would welcome that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I know that funky has multiple meanings, but I feel like when the work is done for you right there, just get like a, you can get a basic like After Effects, like uh, uh, funk sounding score, you know, to yeah. put under your game. And the, the sort of intro cut scene here is these still images with sort of no lead up of this older sort of pot-bellied man and this sort of skinnier guy with a hayseed with a hat. Yeah. And these all these cutscenes were just silent. And so they're dead silent and they look like they were drawn in MS Paint. And I think like I think they <laughs> might very actually good MS Paint It's drawings. very good MS Paint drawings, but like I I think that is what they are to be perfectly honest. <laughs> And the screens that they're showing us are not self-explanatory. Right. They, these are not things that we don't. These are not things that we will understand free of context. Yeah, one one of them is just the sort of older man sitting at a desk, and then the next, then it fades out, and it comes up to him dragging a robot across the farm. And you're like, wait, how did we get from one to the other? Uh, at one point, there was like a sinister man in the shadows, like writing a letter to Farmer Rufus, and I'm just <laughs> like, who is this sinister man? Like, yeah. who's Farmer Rufus? Who's any of this? Yeah. So this is your core mode is you can pick sort of a difficulty um, and these cutscenes will play and then you just drop on this fairly empty farm. Mm -hmm. You start with kind of your selling spot, which has this big sort of gramophone looking uh, like like a like funnel. Yeah, it's like a funnel. Yeah, it's like this building with a funnel in it on one end and then the other end is a cannon. Yeah, and yeah, and so, that's and this is gonna be how you sell your goods. Right. You 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 drop your eggs or your fruit or whatever into this funnel, and it will get shot to the nearest Amazon. And then you'll I make, guess. You'll, yeah, you'll make fifty bucks, which you know, objectively, for an egg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And an apple sell for forty bucks, and you're like, wow, okay, this is farming's the way and, to go. Yeah, farm to table, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, Jesus, exactly. yeah, you're you're doing really well. Or I guess farm to cannon to table yeah. would be the best way to go. Yeah, I, I do. I do appreciate that none of the monetary aspects of this game seem to get out of hand. No, like everything is you, at most you'll probably end up with like three grand at any given time. So sure. it's fairly easy to track what you have money for. 
And it's uh, in your best interest to be spending regularly and yeah. building up your farm and, and refilling your animals' troughs and stuff like that. So then the stork will show up and drop off a little chick mm -hmm. um, that you can name and you can interact with and pet. On the touch screen, yeah. yeah. You can pet him, and it's just basically like if you played... Uh, what are the Pokemon games? The Let's Go Eevee or oh, Let's Go Pikachu. Sure. There's a lot of stuff where you can just, or even like some of the uh, 3DS uh, Pokemon. Yeah, they let you pet them. Nintendogs. Nintendogs, yeah, also, yeah. Also, it's crazy that there's not more Nintendogs. Mm -hmm. Like, that game was a huge hit. Like It was massive, yeah. Why is there no Nintendogs for Switch? I have no idea, because okay. there, there was one for a 3DS, and it didn't really go as much as the uh, sure. DS game. And I mean, th those benefited from being, A, early DS games, and all also, like, not being games specifically, sure. so they got to be marketed to people who aren't necessarily gamers. But I think the Switch has certainly gone well. I mean, the Switch has sold more than the Wii at this point. It just, it yeah. just surpassed it. So I think they're well on to being able to market those things. And, and I'm, like, I'm curious if the Switch has some of the same demographics as the Wii, because the Wii's, like, kind of a uh, uh, little secret sauce was that you could play it if you were a non-gamer so yeah. it was popular in nursing homes it was popular in kindergartens you know it's popular for people who would never touch a video game normally and i'm wondering if a switch just looks too much like a video game maybe I but know. i don't know i feel like the switch there's plenty of people that i know who have not owned many video game consoles and they're like yeah i'll get a switch because anything that's portable is sort of intrinsically viral like because yeah. people will bring it over to their friend's house and sure. they're like, oh what are you playing that seems cool and there's just such a good there's something for everyone on there so it's really weird that nintendo hasn't been like yes nintendogs is ready i mean with the increased online functionality too you could have little puppy play dates you yeah. know yeah go visit each other's Very like farms cute. and stuff there's i mean a lot of cute stuff it's, it definitely do. scratches a similar itch to animal crossing yeah absolutely Okay, anyway, yeah. so you get dropped in Animal by the Stork. This game has sort of a weird mechanic of you can't make new animals on your own time. They just get... I can't do that in real life well, either. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you can't... I guess you can't go buy them at the market, or you no. can't put, like, two cows in the barn together and get, like, a baby cow that Yeah, you it's on, like, raise. a cycle. Like, every once in a while, uh, the Stork button will start blinking on your touchscreen, and then you press it, and you can decide if you want, like, a chicken or a lamb or a cow or something right. like that, and then it'll just bring it by yeah but i think it it seems to be responding to the growth of your farm and like the happiness of the other animals on your farm and you do need to kind of maintain their levels at all times so not just food and water but also make sure they're happy uh and make sure that all of their needs are being met like sometimes they'll get scared and you'll need to find what they're being scared of and then address it uh so lots of different things you can do yeah, and so you you know you get this animal, you put like a food trough down, a water trough, which you can either upgrade the size of so it can hold for longer, or you could just be refilling it constantly. Yeah, um, and then just sort of as you go, more and more options are unlocked. Like just more chickens will come by. Um, you uh, get like a little egg collector that mm. sort of automate. I mean, this game similar to like Stardew Valley or most. Really, that's sort of the mechanic of a farming simulator is like things are very tedious at the beginning. Um, yeah. You have to spend a lot of time just kind of like caring for single animals or like moving one egg, um, you know, searching the whole environment to find that one egg and drop it in. But eventually you get like an egg collector and then you have to build a road so the little egg collector will walk around on the road. You point right. it out, he lives. he looks like... Uh, 
Sheldon from U.S. Acres. Is that the name of the character? I think that so. Egg? The, the egg that never quite hatched. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of disturbing conceptually. It is a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think... This game actually has real, like, U.S. Acres vibes. It seriously in does. And, well, I mean, a notoriously unfunky cartoon. A very unfunky cartoon. And also, if you're looking at the uh, cover of this game, you would not be uh, uh, remiss in thinking that this is a Sean the Sheep game, because this looks like that Ardman character, like, almost exactly, and he's being launched right at you. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, this, you know, Stardew is an apt comparison, but I think the difference is like Stardew is a little more open-ended and doesn't require quite as much uh, uh, micromanagement. Like, see, uh, in this game, like everything kind of responds to different things. So like you said, you can't just buy an egg collector and drop it and expect him to go around picking up eggs. You need to build a road for him to walk on, otherwise he won't do it. You can't just build a fence in like a dry area because the animals won't eat there or they'll be unhappy there. And you, you can't, can't eat, build things on You can't there. expect animals to eat in a dry area. That's <laughs> crazy. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, what are they going to do? Yeah, yeah. So you know, they, this one's a little bit more based on rules rather than Stardew, which is a little bit more uh, uh, laid back, I think, as you approach it in your own speed. I think a weakness of this game, like overall, like I think the farming kind of managing mechanics of this game are pretty satisfying. Like, it has a good balance of feeling like there's enough to do without sort of getting overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, you pick up on it pretty quickly, um, but it does feel like you're usually unlocking new things. And the the touchscreen is actually really nice here because uh, the view on that is a little bit different than the view you're getting on the screen. You're not just getting the same view. You're getting more of, like, an infrared kind of view. And this way you can clearly see which ones are your animals, which ones are like eggs that have been dropped to pick up. Like, you know, and, it, and sometimes when your animals on the TV are getting lost behind trees or something, mm-hmm. you could still see them on the touchscreen. But that it is kind of lead to weirdness of you not quite positive what screen to look at at any given time. It's like there's a little hand up on the screen that you can move with the, you know, the joystick mm-hmm. or you can use the bottom touchscreen to, you can use the touchscreen to like, click on things but then you still have to hold the trigger Mm -hmm. to drag them so you you definitely like get in a groove and it starts feeling more natural yeah but i feel like there would have been a slightly smoother way to do it i think so yeah i mean you can you can kind of it's a combination of buttons and touch screen so like you need to drag the stylus over an item and then press one of the triggers to pick it up and then you can carry it over where you need to go and it feels okay once you're doing it but it sounds a little awkward yeah and Uh, I think the biggest weakness of this game, like, I mean, this game, I don't think has the depth that you would sort of get, you know, infinite hours of gameplay you, like you would um, sort of a Stardew or an Animal Crossing. Yeah, or Harvest Moon. Yeah, like but that. there's yeah. no, I think that this game suffers because there's no real protagonist. Like, you yourself are not really any kind of character. Like, Farmer Rufus will come and just talk to you and, you know, comment on how your farm is doing. And this dude has a lot to say, yeah. okay? He's, he's got a button on the touchscreen like everybody else, and he'll just, like, it'll start frantically blinking quite a bit because he just has to tell you that your chicken is unhappy, you yeah. know? Like, he's really got to let you know. And another weird dynamic with the two screens is, like, well, he's talking on the TV, your little, your dog will be on the touchscreen, like, just making some kind of random comment about how annoying Farmer Rufus is or something. Yeah. And you're like, like well, oh, he has a lot of good advice. Yeah. Why are and you, it's like, why, why don't you just show Farmer Rufus on both screens? Yeah, why are you contributing, dog? <laughs> yeah. And also, it's like doing that cutesy thing where it says, woof, woof, and then they're translating the dog in parentheses. Yeah. It's like, come on, come on, that's racist. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. 
Um, I, I just wish this game had a little bit more personality. I don't have a problem with the way it looks. Like some of the sort of more complex contraptions are fun. Like that's when they try to get funky. Yeah. Is like you would vent like a gyrocopter that can fly around and harvest your crops. Yeah. They never quite figured out the crop mechanic like it seems to put a lot more emphasis on animals that does seem fine. to be the animals case. are more fun hence than just like funky ranch just saying mm. funky ranch okay sounds Got better it. sounds better also sounds like a, a really tasty salad yeah <laughs> just, a, just a funky ranch salad with you, some you, sheep you put a little you mm. you take you know your hidden valley ranch or whatever uh-huh. and you put like a little dab of frank's red hot or buffalo sauce now you got some funky ranch and then just a smidgen of lsd just a, just a <laughs> microdose. just sure. gotta mix it all in there make it real funky yeah yeah, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um so it's like it that personality comes out a little bit in the contraptions but nothing yeah just nothing here oozes kind of personality or makes you care about the character that you're playing as it yeah. feels very impersonal um sure which again is okay but also sort of contributes to that feeling of I just kind of wanted it has like a real mobile game vibe like a real like just like a casual game which is not I don't mean that in any kind of derisive way no 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 but I think does suffer from the fact that you can't just play it on the Wii U gamepad exactly like like this is exactly the type of game you'd want to be playing on the bus or something like that and the fact that you can't in this platform is definitely a knock against it um so, yeah, that, we've been talking mostly about the main mode, which is just kind oh, of yeah. building your own farm. This also comes with a challenge mode where you will get a pre-built farm that has some problems that you need to address. So it's kind of, it's not quite a puzzle mode because it's usually pretty just self-explanatory of like buying things and putting things here. But this was fun because this mm-hmm. was also a nice opportunity to see some of the dynamics that you'd get later on. Like, you know, it, things are kind of slowly unrolling in the main game. But this way you can see how, a little bit of how things work. Like uh, a very useful discovery was that if you build a water tower in one of the green areas near a water source, it'll expand the amount of green. So you'll like start eating up all of that dead space and you can start planting on it or putting crops there. Yeah. Which is just a mechanic I love. It's like yeah, it's, it's very like, satisfying. It's clearing out fog of war. It's doing stuff like it's that. It's like I in Okami when uh, you would cover enough of the you would like light those trees yeah and then it would show that beautiful paint go and like color the whole area that was the best part of okami that that game was so good yeah oh my god yeah absolutely uh yeah no it's it's kind of that got that same mechanic and we're seeing uh cows now we're seeing that we get ducks that we get llamas you know all kinds of things and all these different wacky collectors like a a milk collector that looks like a milk carton on wheels yeah i think that these these modes are a good counterpoint to each other because even though you know they use the same mechanics the single player mode is sort of slow and building like you said whereas this mode kind of starts out frantic right from the beginning yeah oh i have to repair these pens i have to refill all of these food troughs um i was and but this game like once you kind of achieve the goals or get a certain amount of score Mm. it just ends they're like great you saved the farm you did it yeah um they gave us 20 minutes to do the challenge mode. i think we beat it in like eight yeah or 12 i think oh was it 12 okay i thought Um, i couldn't remember if there was 12 left or 12 oh oh, sure um but like I you kind of wish that like man I'm sort of getting attached to this farm I'd like to just keep dicking around with it in this mode yeah but then I guess you would do the more single player mode I but I guess it also gives you an idea of how you can build out your own farm you know I think we were both struggling with the road and fence mechanics yeah that's in not this. super 
well which done. are it's like they're really awkward because it's like you have to buy a road kit from the store it gets parachuted in then you need to grab that road kit figure out where you want to plant it okay but then you need to grab and drag it move it along to where you need to go and then you need to select add another portion and then you need to keep doing that and then you need to finish it out and if you don't finish it out you lose all of that work it's just it's needlessly clunky i think yeah uh, you know i would say simulations consistently like civilization games for example building roads is always one of the more annoying mechanics i never like doing it yeah. i never like building roads yeah it, because well I, and plus it's like i don't really know what shape my farm is going to be taking right. yet so like right now i'm just building a road because usually the game requires me to do so to proceed and so i'm just i've got this little dumb like strip of dirt and i think and i'm just gonna have to demolish it later right i think your road prevent you can't like build things on top of the road you have to yeah select demolish later i yeah i do think that there should be one more mode in this game and i mean this is essentially the single player mode but like or i mean it's all single player but this is essentially like the main game mode but like just one where everything is unlocked from the beginning, but it's like a custom mode where there's no sort of advancement of unlocking more things. It's just like everything is unlocked and you just slowly build up your own custom farm. Yeah. Like, you know, like your Minecraft open world mode or something like that. And I mean, just in case it, it, it gets lost in the uh, in the discussion here, I do want to say I surprisingly liked Funky Barn. Yeah, <laughs> I, I found Funky Barn think, to be really fun. I think fun. we were coming in to, you know, make fun of Funky Barn. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we like, you know, and, and I think we did choose the right game for this particular situation because there really isn't a lot to research and what you see is kind of what you get mm-hmm. with this game. But everything works pretty well it's got some charm it's got some style like it's it's a little uh low budget and janky in a couple of ways but it's also pretty effortless to play for the most part i mean it is it is tricky i mean and i I can never decide if this is something that should be a knock against a game or not because i i imagine that there are many other sort of games that scratch this same itch yeah just more in depth and you know easier to play and you it's like well why wouldn't you just play those instead sure but i don't know if that's a if that's fair to criticize funky barn for because no. i think what it does is pretty good it is yeah absolutely absolutely uh do we have anything else about funky barn are we ready to move on we to wish it were funkier I wish it were funkier. I I wish most things were funkier. Like, I wish we had funky Mass Effect. I wish we had (laughs) funky Madden. You know, maybe maybe when we get around to playing that Madden game again, it will be properly funkified. I mean, I I imagine it will be funkier than this. I I mean, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, All right, well, let's move on to our rankings. Uh, This is where we rank every game that we have played on the show so far compared to everything else. For me, this one is landing surprisingly high. This is number be one. My number one with a bullet. Sorry, Mario Maker. Suck it. Uh, no, this is going to be number twenty-three. Uh, so that's oh, I'm sorry, uh, twenty-two actually. I'm okay. putting this twenty-two. That's going to be right below Need for Speed Most Wanted and right above NBA Two K Thirteen. Both pretty solid games, and uh, this one. Maybe it benefits from having some lowered expectations, but like I, I kind of I was picking up uh, what this game was putting down. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, and it turns out I like farming games. Yeah, you know, like it, that that's, surprises me not at all. It, it's it surprised me when it came around a couple years ago when I started playing Stardew. But like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you. I liked Funky Barn. Yeah. I think I'm even gonna rank it higher than you. Mm. I'm gonna put it at number twenty, which is right after Devil's Third and ahead of Gianna Sisters. Okay. Wow. So. <laughs> well, we really have a big disparity on Gianna Sisters. Yeah, I think we that's do. my top five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that game a lot. Yeah. But that's that's great. I mean, you know, I love being surprised by games on this show, and Funky Barn kind of surprised me. Uh you know, again, lowered expectations, but I really appreciate uh, uh, the the charm of this game. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, I might keep playing it a little bit. Yeah. I might try and build up my farm a bit. It'd be nice. You know, I can't imagine there's much demand for it, but maybe we're starting the demand now. Get yeah. on change.org, port Funky Barn to the Switch. <laughs> Do you it. Know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if they could if they could get those development costs real low, like a, a $10 Funky Barn port on the Switch, I think people would dig. The, the, the groundswell right. starts here, people. Yeah. All right, we have one letter this week. It says, hello again, boys. Hello. Hello. They say the misery loves company, so this time I am writing to share the pain with one Woody Siskowski. All right. Like Wonderful. you, I have long held a grudge against open-world racers and long for the day when every dev stops trying to be the next Grand Theft Auto. Yep. Until your latest episode, I could never articulate what it was that was so irritating about that, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Having to balance navigation and split-second steering never enhances the fun of either. I thought you might find it interesting to find why there has only been one game to kind of get it right. Prior to releasing Crazy Taxi, Sega was actually granted a patent for the floating arrow HUD mechanic that makes playing that game such a breeze. They even sued the developers of Simpsons Road Rage in 2003 and won, which is why that game has never seen a re-release despite being a vastly superior take on the genre. I might quibble on that. Sure. But, you know, either way. That game's not great. No, but, but, but people Simpsons do like that fun. game. Yeah. People do like that, yeah. Rather than licensing out their technique to other franchises, it seems Sega is going to take it to their grave. So since we're on the topic, oh. how do you guys feel about the idea of patenting a game mechanic? On the one hand, as an aspiring game designer myself, it would be beyond frustrating to have somebody else with a bigger budget cash in on my innovations. But without the sincerest form of flattery, would we ever get games like Fortnite, Tekken, even Doom as a ripoff? If we replaced all nine seats on the Supreme Court with Woody, Steve, and your dogs, what would you what would be what would be your ruling on cases like this? <laughs> Thanks as always for the quality content. If there was a navigation system that directed me towards a better day, it would inevitably point towards straight to you. Whoa. Thank you. That's from JMO. Uh, Thank you. JMO for writing writes in such good letters. He really does. Thank also, you. the implication with that letter is that you own seven dogs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to step up my dog game yeah. here. Yeah. Either that, or we're paring down the Supreme Court to just the four of us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And two of them are. Dogs. Sure. So, uh, it's still a better world, I think. Sure. We, we really cut down on minority representation for dog representation, <laughs> which I don't know about that. Oh, particular yeah. That's choice. probably bad. That's probably but, bad. Uh, but uh, so, what do you think about the idea of patenting a game mechanic? Yeah. Because I feel like, I think in that particular, first off, that is really interesting about Sega patenting yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten about that case. I think I remembered reading about that. And uh, I didn't know it was ago. necessarily specific to that. I think Crazy Taxi is a good open world game because, like, you really can go any direction. Yeah. Like, if you get off track, it doesn't matter because there's so many weird shortcuts and goofy things like that. Yeah. That the arrow will consistently get you there. Um, I think for a game mechanic that feels that unspecific... Yeah, that seems like kind of a dirty patent to me. Like a little bit. The eye of an, the idea of an arrow that points where you go. Well, because what they ended up with, and we're talking about Need for Speed specifically yeah. in this case, was the uh, kind of a Grand Theft Auto style mini map where your route is being drawn onto the map in the corner, which isn't which isn't really better for this type of game, but like 
that is a mechanic taken from another game that is in almost every game now, you know? Yeah. So, so I think that I, th- I, I think I would come down against patenting a specific game mechanic. And just because like you said, like, like a lot of great games started off as ripoffs and then developed their own I'm sure. identity. I'm and... trying to think, well, here's the question is, can you think of any game mechanic that is so like, that's like uh, really intrinsically like, tied to the, like, like what about like the morph ball in Metroid? Like having your character like go down into a ball, like that almost feel like, I you know the idea of like trademark and copyright lock can always feel kind of gross and dirty to me. Sure, um, but that one does feel so specifically tied to Metroid. It does. It might feel a little dirty if another game did that. But you can also adapt that kind of mechanic, like we saw with Axiom Verge. You, you shoot know, that, in that little game, drone. You turn into a little drone, and then that guy is. But he's. It's basically the same function as turning into a morph ball. Right. So, like, I think, but when it doesn't feel like a ripoff. When it feels like a different take on it. Yeah, it feels like an adaptation of that because I think. Yeah, I agree. I would not want to see other characters turning into that specific morph ball because that is a specific trait of Samus and her suit mm-hmm. and kind of the the look and feel of the game but as far as the idea of shrinking yourself down so that you can crawl into tighter spaces that mechanic shouldn't be gatekept right like, right yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like so the the specific so like i think you could do something like with the crazy taxi arrow where you can adapt it in a way that it doesn't look like the crazy taxi arrow but still serves a similar function to that. yeah that one strikes me as a bridge too far yeah yeah absolutely all right the but court has spoken court has spoken the dogs have ruled um they're not here but uh, they're they're voting in absentia sure um so yeah slightly short episode for you guys today we thank you all for bearing with us as we're working through some of our scheduling snafus uh you know hey i think i think this was a more uh I think this was a more fun game to talk about than Madden 13. I, I, I definitely, I was not excited to talk about Madden 13. No. I got real excited to talk about Funky Barn. So, you yeah. know, that worked out well. We will get back to Madden at some point. I think we've decided to delay that kind of. Uh, I uh, mean, you, you have the call, man. We, the I'm, Super Bowl has come and gone, and either the Bengals reign triumphant or the Rams reign triumphant. And Rosie, my friend Rosie, really did point out uh, a nice observation that this is the Super Bowl of the quality helmets. Because the, like, the Rams have little horns coming off. And like, do they actually no, have horns coming out of the side? No. That would be an unfair advantage. That would be an unfair advantage. Also, the, the, Vikings, Bengals, the, the Vikings have that. Do the Bengals no. get claws? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God, I would watch football if this <laughs> happened. Okay, everybody needs to adopt the weapons of their team. Yeah. The, uh, all well, right, that, so, was, that was a plot point in Infinite Jest okay. of the, remember, the punter who played for the Arizona Cardinals. And at the beginning, they, like, sky dove into the stadium or something with these fake wings yeah 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 see Um, that'd be great like (laughs) i would really watch football no the Bengals have like uh tiger stripes on their helmet okay and uh, and the rams have you know little twirly painted on twirly horns i so i'm not following football at all obviously uh are you rooting for anybody for this particular super bowl or rooting for rooting for the Bengals? Bengals, because they are they are the far and away underdogs they have not they did not win a playoff game in like in basically in my lifetime. Okay. Um, so now they have a chance to make it happen, though they are probably not going to win. I'll, I'll root for them because they are the team of my mom's hometown. Perfect. So there we go. And there you can, go. you can, you will just quietly root for them at home by having them out of your mind while you do an unrelated, <laughs> unrelated activity. I'll play some Funky Barn. Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. I'll be playing Funky Barn while the big game, quote unquote, <laughs> yep. is going down. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll figure out when we're going to have that, Matt, and I'm going to order a replacement disc. I, I don't think I'm going to wait all the way till the next football season to <laughs> no, do it, but no. you know, maybe a couple of weeks. I mean, it is kind of a blessing that that is the, the disc that copped out. Cause yeah. I imagine that's a $3 game. That's a cheapie. Right. That's a cheapie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, next week you're going to want to tune in because we are playing, uh, Angry Birds. We're playing mm. two games. Uh, there that are kind of combining all of these different mobile Angry Birds games. So we've got Angry Birds Trilogy and then Angry Birds Star Wars. So okay. lots lot of, of Angry Birds. bird flinging, pig killing action coming your way uh, with also some lightsabers, I guess. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. All right, so we will see you next week for some Angry Birds. Uh, keep it funky, people. Keep it extra funky. Yeah!